What's up, everybody? Welcome or welcome back to the Run and Hit 49ers podcast. I'm Annie Corey from 49ers 24-7, and thank you for tuning in from wherever you're at. Really appreciate it. Now, we don't want to waste any time because, as you all know, it's Seahawks week. Dreaded Seahawks week. And it doesn't even matter that they're really a bad team right now because they've owned the 49ers for the past however many years. The 49ers have gone 1-9 and nine against Seattle in their last 10. And that one came obviously in 2019 with that victory that secured them the number one seed. But other than that, nothing. No production. And this could be the most confident the 49ers have felt going into Seattle since that 2019 win because what are the 49ers doing right now? They're playing good football. Football that they can be proud of top to bottom. Really just so much has changed in the past three weeks and we've seen them put together complete games from both sides of the ball. And as of right now, I mean, they're sitting in the sixth seed in the playoffs. And if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be headed to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady. It's crazy that they're only one game behind the L.A. Rams. So just a quick little glance forward. I mean, the Rams are going to Jacksonville this week. So, you know, you expect them to probably um, beat them in a good fashion, maybe turn their season around a little bit since they've been winless in the month of November. So they're probably going to get back on track in some way, somehow. So it makes the Seahawks game all the more important because you have to win this game to keep up, stay on track with those Rams. Don't want to let them get two, three games ahead of you because you're eyeing that number two spot in the NFC West. For the 49ers, we know what's going right for them. We know what's working, what's clicking. Obviously, it's their run game. And Jimmy had a really rough start uh, in the first quarter of that Vikings game. You know, he was sailing the ball too high. Started, He had that pick on the first drive, and he was really being too aggressive. That's what he said. He said, um, I felt like I came out and I was trying to do too much, be too aggressive with it. And it was nice to see Shanahan kind of set him straight after that first drive. But what's really helped this team is that when you have those games, those drives where, you know, Jimmy's just not not in it, not feeling it, you know, can't produce like he can other times, you have that run game. You have that ability to take the ball out of Jimmy's hands and just – eat up that clock, take the ball down the field by running it. And the 49ers were able to take the ball out of Jimmy's hands for a while, obviously with none other than Elijah Mitchell. I mean, Elijah Mitchell ran 27 times for 133 yards. He ran 27 times last game too, but, you know, he's picking up more yards this time around. He's averaging 4.9 yards a carry, which is just great numbers for the guy. And teammates are taking note of this too. If you watched a George Kittle's press conference after the game. He had that sweet Elijah Mitchell shirt. If if you haven't checked that out, you got to check that out. But he kind of went off about how much Elijah Mitchell has meant to this offense and stepped up as a leader. Let's take a listen. Uh, I think he just loves football. I mean, uh, he shows up every day. He works. He's there every day when you know rehab's supposed to start. He's on time for everything. He does everything that he's supposed to do. And I think just because he does everything he's supposed to do, it just sets up sets him up for success. You just watch him when he runs. He runs downhill. And a play that's blocked for three yards ends up being seven yards. A play that's blocked for one yard ends up being four yards. When he gets hit, he always falls forward. I think he, I think he surprises everybody. Um, it just like when you're fast. I mean, like 
I mean, I, I don't want to compare him to Raheem because I think Raheem is like very unique in his skill set. But Elijah hits the holes downhill like Raheem does. Like he's not going to run at 23 miles an hour, but that like five yards in between where he gets the ball through the line of scrimmage, he's just so explosive and so fast. That I think guys just, oh, hey, I'm going to get him with an arm tackle because he's not the biggest back in the world, but he just runs through arm tackles. And you saw that and he had a catch that he broke a tackle on, fell forward for 13 yards, something like that. He just does it consistently. Great stuff there. And, you know, we heard him talk about Raheem Mostert a little bit. And the Raheem Mostert talk hasn't been plentiful um, ever since he had that season-ending surgery. But I think it's a really interesting point that we have to look at because Mostert's going to be a free agent come 2022. And, um, you know, you have a guy in Elijah Mitchell who might not be producing in the same fashion or the same dominance that Mostert was performing, but he's a rookie and he's producing that efficient run game. He's getting the job done. And um, from a durability standpoint, um, it's hard to go into every season putting all of your eggs in one basket with Raheem Mostert. So it's nice just in general to know that you don't have to do that anymore, that if Raheem Mostert is injured, it's Elijah Mitchell. And I'm really the question is, do you need to keep Raheem Mostert around? Because while Elijah Mitchell might not be completely durable, we've seen him go down with, you know, his shoulder, his ribs, his finger, but the 49ers have a solid running game that is performing week after week consistently right now. And that's all you can ask for when Raheem Mostert's out for the season. And that's just something to watch going forward. What's been really special about this run game is that they're hitting the perimeter consistently, getting getting to the outside. And you can attribute a lot of that to blocking. These wide receivers have been crucial. You know, the 49ers wide receivers, they're being physical and they're contributing every down. And that's something that's really unique about this team is that when they're running successfully, it's because every single player on that offense is contributing. They're 100% committed to that recipe for success. Now, step aside from the run and we've got a little bit of an issue with Debo's injury not a little bit of an issue a a big issue but Debo Samuel obviously not going to play this week we don't know if he's going to be able to make the trip to Cincinnati the next week but you're going to have to find a way to fill that gap fill that void and you're not going to be able to go out there and replicate what Debo does on that field because no one can do that right now but I think this is an opportunity for George Kittle to get his hands on the football more. He's not had the football in his hands many times, hasn't gotten many touches. And we've missed seeing, you know, that George Kittle running wild with a ball in his hands, you know, getting those yards after the catch and breaking those tackles. And so I think that this week is a great week for George to get the ball in his hands and show everyone why he's so dangerous as a receiving threat. But looking at just the wide receiver position, Ayuk wide receiver one. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for Ayuk. Obviously, this season he's had his downs. He's had his ups um, as of recently. He's been playing well. And I think that this these next coming weeks, for however long Debo's gone, it's his chance to show everyone how, how much he's progressed since his rookie season. Behind Ayuk, we've got Juwan Jennings, who's really just been an incredible story in, in the last couple of weeks. He'll be 
with wide receiver two. And it's fun to see Kyle Shanahan kind of start to game plan, um, you know, put together plays with Juwan Jennings in mind. We saw him get the ball um, on that trick play. He was going to throw it. And he used to be a quarterback. So that must be fun if you're Kyle Shanahan to have this physical guy who can also throw the ball. Um, it's just great to see Juwan Jennings break out like this, and it must be fun for Kyle Shanahan to draw up plays for this guy. But these 49ers wide receivers, they've been producing this season because they're so physical. And, you know, when you have a guy like Jimmy who doesn't throw outside the numbers, everything's going over the middle, they're forced to be physical because, you know, you have so many guys around you, so many bodies around you that are waiting to hit you. And it's really been great to see them not not waver. I mean, you had even Trent Sherfield making that big third down, that big third down conversion against the Vikings over the middle. Juwan Jennings has been great over the middle, just having strong hands and not being afraid to get hit. But Juwan Jennings is really stellar working inside the numbers. And I think that that's a big way that Kyle Shanahan's going to want to use him because that is where Jimmy shines is inside those numbers. But something that just has to be said, we can't not talk about it, the 49ers have the highest-ranked offensive line in the National Football League right now, which is kind of crazy to say because, you know, you think about all the past seasons where it's been like, this offensive line is terrible. You know, how are we going to fix this? But Trent Williams is the is PFF's highest-ranked offensive player in the entire NFL. And obviously, I mean, just playing at an incredibly high level right now. And Lakin Tomlinson, I mean, he's... You can't overlook what Lakin Tomlinson has done for this team consistently every season. He's just playing amazing football right now. And one guy who has really surprised um, this past this, these past couple weeks, Tom Compton. Um, he hasn't been playing terrible football. He's been playing pretty decently sound football. He did give up one sack against Minnesota, but his run blocking has been really outstanding. And, you know, the right tackle position, that's tough. Um, and he's filling in for McGlinchey to the best of his ability and really getting the job done as of right now. So you got to tip your hat to Tom Compton. Um, just working down the line, Daniel Brunskill, he's had his moments. But for the most part, he's been very he's been very efficient. Um, so a group that has struggled um, over the past couple seasons, they're really coming together as of late. And that's so great to see. Let's turn things over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, it, it gets a little tricky defensively this week, specifically um, in the middle of the field with your linebackers. Fred Warner, he'll be out for a couple weeks. Dre Greenlaw, we don't really know a timetable on him yet. Marcel Harris is in concussion protocol. So you, you've got three of your solid linebackers uh, de dealing with injury. Um, and thank goodness for Aziz Alshair. Thank goodness that he's not dealing with any injury right now because he's been stepping up to the table week in and week out. He's breaking out at just the right time. So it's going to be Aziz and it's going to be Flanagan Foles. And you hope that those two can come together, stay healthy first and foremost, create that energy that the linebacker position has always created for this team and just 
play sound football. But you can expect the 49ers to use their nickel package a lot in this game. They had to use the nickel package a lot after the injuries against the Vikings. So kind of seeing a shift, it's probably a challenging week if you're D'Amico Ryans having to drop all these packages that um, will ease the job of the linebacker because you don't have a lot of depth at all. Right there, they're probably going to have to bring up a practice squad guy to be their third their third linebacker, but kind of a tough situation there. And this is a game where you're going to need your D-line to step it up big time. The 49ers have always struggled with that mobile quarterback. They did a good job containing Trevor Lawrence the other week. He still got loose a couple of times, but you've seen Russell Wilson move on you and, and beat you up like no other guy has. You know, Bosa's had 11 sacks. You'd love to see him break out and have a big game. Kevin Givens, he's been playing amazing football lately. Eric Armstead stepped it up this season. So you need all these guys to collectively come together this game and contain Russell Wilson, which has always been so hard. But let's move on to the Seahawks, take a little look at at them and... Seattle not having the greatest season. Obviously, they're not having a good season at all. Um, They're 3-8, and and we all just watched them lose on Monday Night Football to the Washington football team. And, I mean, hey, hey, they almost came back and won that game, and that's what's scary about Russell Wilson because they might have played a terrible football game, but then you watch them almost come back and win it at the end. That's what the Seahawks are known for doing, and that's why they're so dangerous. But they're coming off a short week, so... You'll be able to get them in that way, hopefully come out and be more physical than they are. But they have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. And that's always hard if you're a team trying to um, get that locker room to be all in on every game when you just know that that playoff run really isn't going to happen for you guys. And Pete Carroll's struggling to coach a losing team right now because you have an offense that's just really dead. It needs life. Their running game specifically is is dead. Um, they don't have a guy that, that can run the football consistently. And Chris Carson, he's always injured. Season after season, it seems like he's always dealing with something. So you're not, you don't have that consistent guy. They just signed Adrian Peterson to the practice squad. They're really excited about that. Um, so we'll see how he comes along for them. But yeah, you, you have a running game that's just not really working. And the 49ers need to take advantage of that and just come out right away and shut that run game down and say, hey, we're not going to let this run game open up at all for you. Show us that Russell Wilson can pass. Show us that, you know, you guys can make this game happen through the air. And Russell Wilson, his finger his finger injury has been affecting him more than most people thought. Um, he hasn't been able to make those off-balance Russell Wilson-type throws. And we've seen it just have a much bigger role than we thought it would. You know, you'd think that after Russell came back from that injury um, and Geno Smith wasn't quarterback anymore, that this team would kind of be revived. But that hasn't happened whatsoever. So um, we've seen him kind of struggle with the intermediate passing game. Those intermediate throws are getting away from him. He doesn't like those over-the-middle passes. You know, Russell Wilson's always been kind of a outside-the-numbers guy, and, um, you know, it makes you a little bit nervous if you're the 49ers because, you know, those outside-the-numbers throws, it means a lot of contested catch situations, and the 49ers are struggling with pass interference calls. 
So um, you got to lock down on that this week. You know, Josh Norman, as as great as he's been causing forced fumbles for this team, he also kills you in certain situations with that big P.I. call. And you just can't let that happen this week because, you know, the Seahawks have been failing to get D.K. Metcalf the ball. He's only been targeted three times for one reception against Seattle on Monday. Gerald Everett has gotten more targets than D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett combined. And you got to expect that they're looking at those stats saying, man, what are we doing? You know, we're not getting our playmakers the ball. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, they're guys who have always really killed the 49ers. And, I mean, Tyler Lockett specifically, you, you know, you just always kind of feel helpless when you when you watch Russell Wilson chucking it down the field to Tyler Lockett. But it hasn't happened as of late, and you cannot let it happen this week. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Seahawks' defense they're 31st in the NFL defensively, just giving up so many yards against the run and the pass. But the Seahawks generally do well on taking away the edge. Um, they like to stack the box with five linemen, two linebackers up close. And so they know what the 49ers are going to try to do. They know they're going to come out and try to run the football. And, you know, Pete Carroll, he talked a lot this week about how the 49ers run the ball and really just their characteristics um, in the running game. Let's take a listen to that. Um, it was it, it couldn't have been more obvious in the in the Rams game. You know, they, they knocked down their, their pass rush uh, opportunities by just controlling the ball on the ground and, and uh, you know they're a good perimeter running team. Uh, they're they're basically a zone running team but they have with the commitment they have they have man block schemes, uh, gap block schemes, and uh, and they do a variety of things with their perimeter guys too. So they're just really committed to it. And, um, you know, it's a, it's just, it's, it's, it couldn't get more obvious. They're looking first and foremost to stop the run. I'm really interested to see how Kyle Shanahan game plans, um, just what his strategy is, because because of the no Debo factor, I think it's a great opportunity for him to put together a creative unique game plan and I'm, I'm just excited to see what what he comes out with but the Seahawks almost beat Washington and you just can't let this be their comeback week you know division games are always great kind of reset games I mean the 49ers had their reset game against the Rams because you've been playing such poor football but when you meet that divisional opponent you know you know them so well it's kind of like you're preparing for a completely a completely different game. You kind of forget what's happened all season and you're back against your opponent that you've played so many times. You know them, they know you. And so if you're the Seahawks, this is a great game for you to reset, for you to kind of have a new beginning, even though the playoffs are out of reach, just kind of put out a couple of positive games for for that fan base to hold on to. So the 49ers have got to shut that down. I mean, you just can't let the Seahawks uh, win 10 out of 11 and you can't get another game behind the Rams because I mean that six and seventh seed there's so many teams that are in in the hunt for that and you know dropping a couple games and that's going to take you out of a playoff position really quick but I'm excited to see it I'm excited to see if the 49ers can come out and play another week of just consistent, hard-hitting football. You know, they're going to be wearing those all-white 94 throwback jerseys going all the way up to Seattle. It's going to have a little bit of a, of, a, of a feel like that 2019 Sunday night football game. And hopefully uh, has the same kind of outcome. But we'll find out on Sunday if the 49ers can 
produce another week of winning football, win four games straight, and keep in the running for playoff contention. But for now, that's all we got for you guys. We're going to have to save the rest for Sunday. Um, Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, Next week, we're going to try to get a pretty special guest in here. We'll keep you updated on that. But thank you guys so much for listening to the 49ers Run and Hit podcast. And we'll see you guys later.